and welcome to the Browns Blitz. Today's Thursday, January 7th, 2021. I'm your host, Rod Bloom. Joining me today is my brother, Jeff. How are things going, Jeff? Hey, Rod. Um, rough week so far. Can't wait to dissect it. Yeah. Yeah, this uh, year 2021 that we've been looking forward to for so long. <laughs> yeah, a little bit rough so far, but hey, hey, um, you know, what can you say? And we have a uh, special guest, Mike Kelly. Mike, how are things going for you? Things are going well. Thanks for having me on, Rod and Jeff. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Glad you could join us tonight. I'm looking forward to talking some some Browns with you. Uh, let's, let's, uh, let's talk about uh, where people can find you and everything. Um, let's do this because I, I have a habit of diving right in and not giving the appropriate shout outs until the very end of the show. <laughs> so, so let's do this early. Uh, people can follow you on Twitter at Mike Killy. Very easy to find. And then let's talk a, a minute or so about your, uh, about the Brownie post game. Okay. Yeah. Brownie post game on YouTube um, is the, is the YouTube channel that my dad and I do live pre and post game shows. Um, every, every Browns game, um, no matter what the day or time we are live pre and post and uh, also on Twitch as well. So we, we, we multi-stream on Twitch and, and YouTube. And then we do a Wednesday show as well. Me and uh, Mike Rostano, um, and he's Bonzo1273 on Twitter. So a lot of people probably have interacted with him um, throughout the Browns Twitterverse uh, that exists out there. So we do a Wednesday show for a couple hours where we kind of recap what happened in the, the previous game and, you know, kind of ho-hum about <laughs> what the next game is going to bring us and uh, and kind of give our thoughts. We recap it. We look at PFF scores. We kind of get yeah, peaceful criticism, I would say, um, <laughs> both good and bad about what happens on the Wednesday show. And then, you know, really the, the pre- and post-game shows are uh, on Brownie post-game are just really – Hey, what do we think is going to happen? And then, um, and then our our immediate reaction right after the, the game's over. Excellent, excellent. If you guys aren't checking them out already, make sure you check that out. Before we dive into the Browns uh, and some football, we're going to do a quick blitz beverages <laughs> uh, segment here, which is which is dying very quickly on the show, guys. Um, I'm just going to mention that I'm drinking a Chimay White in celebration of the Browns making the playoffs for the first time in 18 seasons. And I'm going to leave it at that. We're going to move on and talk about the Cleveland Browns who clinched a playoff berth with an 11 and five season, which is just incredible. I don't, you know, I don't know. um, It would be a lot of fun to go back and look at predictions and, and just see, did anybody even come close to predicting 11 wins for this team? You know, if they did, they were, you know, just, I think, throwing the number out. Um, just crazy. It's the first time the Browns have been 11-5 and five since 94. Um, first playoff berth since 2002. Uh, everybody probably knows all this stuff already because it's been all over the place. We're going to talk a lot about the playoff game coming up, but 
let's go back just a little bit. Uh, you know, going, it seems like two weeks ago already, but let's go back to to week seventeen and, and the win over the Steelers. Um, not a pretty game, guys. Not at all. But you know, the Browns, the Browns. In my view, they took care of business. They did what they had to do. They had a ton of guys out. Uh, very, you know, very unusual uh, circumstances. And, you know, a lot of people, you know, I saw quite a few people leveling criticism at Stefanski and, and, you know, for not adjusting the game plan, which was just ridiculous. You know, people complaining, you know, Browns didn't run the ball enough. And, you know, what were they doing? You know, it should have been an easier win. You know what? They, they won the game. So, um, you know, for me, that's that's all that really matters. Um, Mike, I'm I'm going to kick it over to you. And what uh, you know, what did you expect in that Week 17 game with you know no wide no wide receivers, just guys pretty much off the practice squad? Um, you know, what did you expect versus what actually happened in that game? The Steelers game we're talking about. Yeah, I'm talking about yeah the the game last week. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think I, I, it it wasn't obviously um, you know it wasn't the outcome that I was hoping for. I hope we were going to win by um, you know closer to what the spread was, somewhere around you know the ten point mark. Uh, yeah. But but the thing is, uh, we we always we always do score score predictions on my show, and I never get it right. So. You know, it's that I look at it like this and I've been a Browns fan my entire life um, coming up on 41 years. And I count those first couple years, even in my in my toddler era as being a Browns fan as well. And I can tell you this. A win is a win in the NFL. It doesn't matter. Right. I don't care if they benched if they benched Roethlisberger and TJ and some of their other guys. We had guys out as well. Right. So they they're trying to make this seem like, you know, they benched half their team and and we had our full squad out there. Whereas, yeah, we had Baker out there. We had Miles out there. But you have to look at it, uh, you know, objectively here. We we didn't have full strength. Um, We didn't have Denzel Ward out there. We Miles Garrett still is having breathing issues. He's not been as a a factor or he's easily been schemed out of a lot of games. Um, we lost Olivier Vernon there at the end of the game as well. That's going to be a big, a big hit against us. Yeah. I mean, there's just for the Steelers and the Steelers fans uh, who are out there that are that are are saying, well, you know, you guys barely beat us and we had our backups in. It's not like they had their 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 preseason practice squad guys out there. Right. You know, they were they were still running it with with Connor. They were still throwing the ball to Claypool. Claypool even got he even injured his ankle. And they put him back out there. Mike Tomlin was trying to win that game. He was, yeah. You know, so yeah. it, it just to 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 discount that or whatever. Anybody who who's going to discount it and say it it doesn't matter. Those are the same people who are saying that it didn't matter that we beat the Colts. It didn't matter that we beat uh you know the Bengals twice because it's just the Bengals. Whereas the Steelers lost to the Bengals. The Steelers lost to the Bengals when the Steelers were at full strength. Yeah. When they had TJ, when they had Ben Roethlisberger, right? They lost to the Bengals. We lost to the Jets, as you mentioned, without any wide receivers, right? Without right. practicing. 
Um, so I and and, and it, was that uh, an unfortunate loss that we had against the Jets? I would say absolutely, right? But looking at this game against the Steelers that we just played, I think uh, I think it was a little bit of a warm up for both of us. I didn't think we wanted to show all of our cards. I don't think they wanted to show all of their cards. Um, I think uh, one of the the things that they were doing with Dobbs is they were they were they were practicing that live in game reps, uh-huh. right? So they were throwing some stuff at us. But I will tell you this: going into this game this weekend. In the playoffs, and I know we keep losing players, and losing Ronnie today was a, is, is is definitely a big loss. And there may be even more. We're pr- who knows if we're even going to get a live practice in this week. And so they were saying something like, I think I saw on Twitter something like, in the last three games we've had one live practice, something <laughs> ridi- ridiculous it's like crazy. that. Crazy, crazy. But I will tell you this. You know, with the Browns, what we're doing, you know, this means a lot to us. This means a lot to the fans. It means a lot to the players. You got a guy like Joel Batonio who's been on the team for so long. He's been through all the bad the bad years. Well, not all of them, but a lot of bad years there. And he can't play, so they're going to play for Joel. You're going to have Kevin Stefanski. He makes the playoffs his first year as a head coach. He's not there. They're going to play for Kevin Stefanski. Um, and, and I think they're going to go out there and play for us as fans. They're going to play for themselves. And the Steelers, who have been to the playoffs multiple times, the Steelers who have an aging quarterback, and you know they got their players are fight physically fighting each other on the sidelines in the middle of our game. I think there's some stuff going on in Pittsburgh. When you lose, when you win eleven games in a row, and then you finish off the season one and three, uh, wait, one and four, yeah. right? Yeah, That's not so good. That's not a good look, including no. losing to the team that you have to play round one in the playoffs. So, um, you know, th- I think there's a lot of interesting things going on. Uh, and I, I'm actually interested to hear from you guys. if Because I was talking about this on, on, on my show yesterday, uh, where we went through all the AFC teams and who we would want to play in the first round of the playoffs. And I was, I was like, I, I, if I got to play anybody, I want to play Pittsburgh, right? We just well, beat them. It sounds they, funny, but, but yeah, I, I mean, you're probably right. You're probably right. Uh, and, and, uh, especially now when, when, uh, the home field advantage is really not the factor, you know, this season that, that it typically would be. So, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, so I'll, Jeff, I'm going to kick it over to you in a second, but you know, Mike mentioned score predictions, and we don't do this very often, but I'm going to go back to the scores that we predicted last week because the Browns won 24-22 to 22 over the Steelers, and I predicted that the Browns would win 24-17. to 17. So I had the Browns score right. That's a little bit low on the Steelers score. And Jeff predicted that the Steelers would win 24-23. to 23. Ooh. So we were right around hey, it. You guys, you guys got it. <laughs> yeah, we were, we were actually pretty darn <laughs> close to it. And Mike, that is not normal. Okay. <laughs> I yeah. just, that's the only reason I bring it up is because we were so close. So, yeah. so, uh, well, so, and, and I'll, I'll eat my, uh, I'll eat my share of crow here. Um, you know, I picked the rounds to lose for the first time this season. Um, only because, you know, I thought, we had had a great run and it just didn't feel real great to me, but um, never been happier in my life to be wrong. Um, you know, um, 
it was a great game um, from the standpoint that it, it finished our season off on the right note. It got us into the playoffs for the first time, as you mentioned, in so many years. Um, but Mike, I think nailed it. it. It was, it was like two boxers feeling each other out in the early rounds. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it was, it was pretty methodical, um, you know, not, not anybody really tipping their hand and, um, boy, it just, it kind of sets it up really well for a rematch and, you know, yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be interesting to see how that unfolds. You know, all, all the, the noise aside, uh, everything happening with players and, and you know, COVID. Um, boy, wouldn't you, wouldn't you just love year after year after year for this to be the scenario? You know, where, where we beat the Steelers in the last game of the year and then we get to beat them again in the playoffs. That, that just <laughs> seems perfect to me. I, tell you many- what, I would love it. How many seasons has it been, you know, we, we the Browns, you know, there, there's hope at the beginning of the season, we, we trudge into the season, the, the losses begin to accumulate, uh, the criticism of the coach and the players starts, and then we go and lose the Steelers last game of the season and the coach gets fired. <laughs> right. It's such a turn to, you know, that this game, rather than being, the you know the you know the the uh, the worst point in the season was you know maybe not the maybe not the best point in, in that it was the best game but it's the best point in that it, that it put the Browns in the playoffs right so yeah it, it's really really cool that that happened so so Jeff I, I'll start with you on this um, talking um, talking about part of what Mike was saying. With uh, I'm kind of going back to to the game and and who we would like to see the Browns play. Okay, because the players can't talk about this, but we can. <laughs> right. Because you know they're not going to say that they want to play anybody. Um, it, well, I don't. I really don't think there's somebody you'd rather play. But tell me this also: Would you rather? When you're playing somebody back to back like this, would you rather have a squeaker of a game like this where it was tight and competitive and come off and play them again? You know, would you or would you rather have that 20 point victory going in? You know, to me, I would almost rather see a close game like this mm-hmm. going into it. So go ahead, Jeff. Well, was it really that competitive? Um, you know, Browns close score at the end. 17 you know, and. 17 to nine at the end of the third quarter. And I, I thought it, you know, kind of became a clock management game in the fourth quarter. And, um, you know, I, I really never felt like the Browns were in any danger of losing this game. And, and that's happened several times this year where, yeah. you know, we, we got an early lead um, and we were able to hold it throughout the game. So, um, yeah, I think, there's a lot left to be discovered on either side, but um, I think the Browns really sort of set the tone in this game that, you know, we're going to tell you what's going to happen in this game and, and, you know, try to stop us. Um, I think the Browns match up really well against the Steelers. Um, I'm not going to, you know, get into predictions yet, but um, even with Ben coming back, I, I like our chances matching up against the Steelers. Um, probably the only other one that, 
I, I would feel as good about would be the Colts. Um, but, you know, we'll see how the playoffs progress. So, yeah, I, I'm, I'm thrilled about them playing the Steelers in the first round of the playoffs. I think it gives us a great chance to win. Um, I think the team is very confident coming off of the win on Sunday. Um, they just need to tune out all that other noise and, and figure out how to go out and do their jobs. And, and everybody that is available needs to play their best game. So, Mike, would you feel any better coming off a, a 20-point win going yeah. into this week? You would? I, I would absolutely feel better about a 20-point win. Um, but but I, if you still look at it, I mean, I think there's a couple of things to take into consideration, right? Um, you know, this team that we played last week is going to be very similar to the team that we play this weekend on Sunday night. It's going to be very similar. You're going to have a slower quarterback. Yeah, you know, if you look back the last couple of games that Ben Roethlisberger has played, I think there's something wrong. I th- he's not playing like he played for the first 10, 11 games. He's just not. And and so it, believe it or not, they might have they might actually be better off with Mason Rudolph. The Steelers fans will never admit that because they think that you know there's nothing that Ben can do, li- like literally nothing that Ben can do that will upset them. Uh, but I think that I think that Mason Rudolph, I, he really didn't play all that poorly. You know, he was dumping balls down. You know, throwing he, balls down. He threw the ball well. He really did. He threw, threw for three hundred fifteen yards. Especially deep. Yeah, he was. Yeah, well, I'm looking at the stats right now. Twenty-two of thirty-nine, three fifteen, two touchdowns, and and that one really bad, um, inexcusable interception that he threw. What, that really, and when he when he threw that interception, I was sitting there watching the game with my wife, and I go, that right there, that is going to be the game. That's the difference maker in that game right there. And, mm-hmm. you know, and but that's yeah. what Mason Rudolph is. He's a backup quarterback. And this is what I think I the, the real reason, I don't know if you guys have noticed this on, on Twitter and on just, just in general, the Steelers fans that are out there, they're terrified of of what the future holds. Because they know, they know what it was like after Terry Bradshaw left. They know yeah. what it was like before Ben Roethlisberger got, got there. We're talking about, and I talk about this a, a lot on my channel. I can't wait for the Bubby Brister and Cordell era to return to Pittsburgh. Because that's right around the corner, guys. They've been looking for somebody already. You know, they've had a bunch of guys in there that, you know, that they want to be his successor. And, you know, I, I, I think they've been looking for a few years, you know, maybe, you know, two, three, four years at least. And I don't think they're happy with anybody. And yeah, it's not easy to find a quarterback in the NFL. Look at us. It took us forever. You know what my worst nightmare is though, guys? My worst, my worst nightmare is that Pittsburgh somehow figures out a way to snag Deshaun Watson, because Deshaun wants out of out of Houston. He's not happy there, and they're falling apart. You've got J.J. Watt that is not going to be in Houston next year. They're just going to cut him, and and you know th- there's no cap hit, right? And if they and they keep uh-huh. him on the team, they, they own like seventeen million dollars, so he's gone. Uh, he's played his last game in Houston. He's probably going to go play with his brothers in Pittsburgh, and he's probably going to bring or try to recruit and get Deshaun Watson to come over. Now, 
I mean, I don't think Deshaun is in a position where he can he could do a whole heck of a lot. But if he if he wants out of there in in a bad way, and the Steelers pony up, you know, multiple first round picks for multiple years in, in a row, and throw in some other some other stuff, who knows? The Steelers they're not afraid to 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 trade first round picks for proven entities in the NFL. Look what they did with Minka, yeah, yeah. right. So that that's 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 my worst nightmare. That or uh, or Matt Stafford, who's also out there, who's going to be he's going to be on the market. Um, right. Yeah, he's probably he's a good chance he's going to go somewhere too. But we'll see. Interesting. We'll see. You know, guys, I I have to take a step back and be honest here. This I've been struggling a little bit this week because I've been kind of caught between a couple of spots. This entire season, it's been, I've been excited about what the Browns have been doing, but I've been trying to, to tame my expectations because this is year one under Stefanski. Okay. The Browns really haven't even addressed the defense much at all yet. Okay. So I'm excited. I'm thrilled. I can't believe that they went 11 and five under Stefanski. I can't believe the position they're in with this, you know, this playoff game, uh, you know, a winnable playoff game. So I'm caught between this being year one and thinking this is the start of great things to come. And this is the game we've been waiting for, for 18 years. Mm -hmm. So help me out. Mike, help me out. <laughs> Just in terms of like the the excitement and the expectation for the game. I mean, between the two different things. I mean, you know, um, you know, on one hand, I'm like, this, this, um, we should be, you know, I don't want to say I'm giving up on this team. Okay, that that um, you know that that they've made it far enough, mm-hmm. but this is year one and. Just even making it to the playoffs is is such a huge step for this team. Okay. How do you how do you temper your enthusiasm? Yeah, win, winning right? one playoff game this year and year one under Stefanski would be fantastic. Okay. But at the same and, time, thinking that hey, maybe in this extraordinary year, maybe this we've is really the year. got a shot. Yeah, maybe this is the year because there aren't that many teams that are just. I, I mean. That things really do seem to be wide open, and if the Browns could get some guys back, they they can compete with anybody. They really can. <laughs> I mean, so I, so how I, do you know if this is a year when they really have a shot versus man, they're really building for the future here? Yeah. Well, I mean, at this point, with so many players actually getting COVID, we might be we might be in the best position if we were to somehow miraculously make it to the Super Bowl. Um, we'd be like, hey, look, guys, I mean, we're not going to get it again. At least it doesn't seem like people are getting COVID twice. Right. So we might be in a, in a really good. We're not going to lose miles. Right. We're not going to lose Denzel. You know, so the defense might be in good. It would just be unfortunate if we lost, like you know, Nick Chubb. We'll make it to the Super Bowl, and we'll 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 be without. Don't you curse us here now, Baker and Nick? Don't put the whammy on us by naming Uh, any players that are going. I will. I'll tell you this, guys. (laughs) I think I think that there's I think there's a window that that is that is opening that opened 
when we drafted, it started when we drafted Miles. That's when the window began. And then we still had to continue to add those pieces. Now, the Baker has played now three seasons. He has, he has won 11 games this year. Should have been 12. They would have, if they wouldn't have taken away all of his receivers, I, I, I honestly think that we beat the Jets without a problem. Yeah. Right. But it, he, he won 11. Right. Started all the games, played in every single one of those games. It was his year and he delivered. Okay. So I think we are moving clearly in the right direction. And we, we also have a, a the, the, the main core unit of this team is extremely young. Now, we do have some guys that are getting a little bit up there, you know, not not way up there, but you got guys who are a little bit up there. So like your Treader and Batonio, um, you know, are, are, are really scratching really close to the to the 30s. Um, Jarvis and Odell are starting to get towards the the later stage of, of their career where where, you know, brain power has to start kicking in over raw athletic ability like you're going to get with some kid right out of college. So we are in this kind of very interesting spot where we have the, the core youth of the team that's going in the right direction. We have a young co- uh, coach. We have a young general manager. So this is something that we can set up for the future. It doesn't have to happen in in year one of the uh, Stefanski era. And, and honestly, I'd be shocked beyond belief if it did, especially with all the all the hurdles that we have to consistently overcome each and every week. But if if we are Browns fans, like we all are, and we continue, we want to continue to be Browns fans. There's light, like shining in our eyes. You know, it's not at the end of the tunnel anymore. It's like we're in it, okay. Mm-hmm. And I expect, um, I expect us over the next five plus years to be competing for double digit wins each and every season. Things can, as we know, you know, in the NFL. Some, oftentimes it comes down to one call or one play that would determine a one one field goal, you know, executed properly. You win a game, you miss it, you lose. So I mean, it's it, it's a game of 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 moments. And this year we we executed those moments better more often than not. Okay, so yeah. I think that if we're looking at this season. Uh, well, yes, my, in my mind, the the barometer for success was making the playoffs. That's step number one. You can't you can't win it if you don't make it. But it didn't necessarily mean that we had to. We have to win multiple games because, guys, I, I you're looking at the Kansas City Chiefs. The Cam, Kansas City Chiefs are a historic team. This yeah, isn't but... just a a oh they won it last year. I mean they were in the AFC Championship the year before it came down to one possession, and they would have won it that year if they would have made the Super Bowl. Um, they won it last year, and I think if I if I was going to put my money on it, they're going to win it this year. The other team that's out there in the AFC that I think is is very dangerous is the Baltimore Ravens. I don't think you know I don't think the league it has it, there's an answer. I don't think there's a true answer for Lamar Jackson. You saw the way that he just absolutely annihilated. Um, the Bengals last week just went through him like water. And and that's what Lamar Jackson can do. When he's hot, when he's on, when he's actually, you know, being accurate with his passes, he is lethal. So, you know, we have we have the big boys are in the AFC. 
Right. And well, I think right now we are we took that one step forward to get closer to be considered. And we and we're getting the respect this year. Right. And I think that's where it is. Now, if we win this game on Sunday, I think it's going to turn a lot of heads, especially overcoming all the covid stuff. But but it's it's it doesn't necessarily mean we have to win it this year. It just be it'd be really nice to see us put her just not not get blown out. In Pittsburgh, just make it a close game, right. yeah. and then and then ultimately, <laughs> I'd be happy if we pull it out. <laughs> you know, if you're going to give me a score prediction, I, I said this on my show yesterday. My score prediction is the exact same score: twenty-four, twenty-two Browns. <laughs> <laughs> That's not bad. That's not bad. So, so Jeff, I'd I'd like you to go back to to kind of to my original question, and because we've talked about this a lot throughout the season. You know, the uh, this being year one and where do you stand on this stuff? Yeah. Well, I think it's if you're talking about. How do you temper your enthusiasm for this year versus, you know, this being a, a building year and laying a foundation and so forth? I think it's both. I mean, you have to be really excited about the foundation that was built this year, um, you know, finishing 11 and five and, and really being very competitive all season long, despite all the hiccups. Um, you know, it, it makes you feel good about the fact that, you know, we're not looking for a head coach right now. We're not looking for a general manager right now. Um, many of our questions have been answered. Um, and you can also feel really good about the fact that, that we legitimately have a chance in the playoffs. Now you have to temper that against a couple of things. Uh, and I think Mike nailed them really well. Um, the, the chiefs are, are a very good team. Uh, the Bills are a very good team. I mean, probably more similar to, to the Browns in terms of, you know, the dues that have been paid or not paid. Um, yeah. You know, you have to be there a little while uh, before you really get, you know, get the breaks and, and, you know, have a chance, I think, to go deep in the playoffs. Um, but, yeah, I, I'm of the same mindset that – and I think this question was asked on Twitter this week um, – you know, what do the Browns have to do um, to win championships down the road and so forth? And, and my answer was we've got to solve the Lamar Jackson problem. And right now we just don't have that solution in our personnel makeup. Um, so I think, you know, next year and, and going into future years um, on the defensive side of the ball, we've got to figure out how we're going to do that um, to win divisions uh, to give ourselves home playoff games um, and ultimately go deep in the playoffs, we're going to have to do it um, by beating Baltimore. I'm not going to disagree with you guys on the Baltimore thing, but you look at this season, you know, that, that last game went down to one possession. It's, and, and, yeah, Baltimore pretty much moved the ball at will. I'll admit that. But the Browns' offense was able to do what they wanted against the Baltimore defense, too. So right. I really, you know, and then um, I'm throwing out that first game of the season because it was like a preseason game. And then you go back to last season, the Browns, the Browns beat Baltimore uh, once. And I have I have to be honest, I don't remember the score of the other Baltimore game from last season. But so I don't think the Browns are that far away from being able to compete and figure that part out. Especially, um, you know, I really think this, the and, and we're getting way ahead of ourselves talking off season, 
but I really think the focus this offseason is going to be on the defense of what do they need to do, especially in this division. Yes. To, you know, moving forward. And I think Lamar Jackson is going to be a big part of that. And and the Browns know that the Big Ben's not going to be around forever. You don't think they're going to be building their defense to stop running quarterbacks? Because mm-hmm. there's a good shot that, you know, it, it could be – could be Deshaun Watson, or it could be somebody else that they draft, or or whoever in Pittsburgh. Right. Mm-hmm. So, well, I think that's what they were trying to do with the draft. That's what they were trying to do with these. They they drafted young, um, athletic, defensive players uh, with their with their early draft picks the last two years. Greedy Williams, uh, Sione Takitaki, Mac Wilson, uh, Grant Delpit. Uh, Jacob Phillips. I mean, these were the guys that were drafted to be able to track down a guy like Lamar Jackson. And it's just the, it just comes down to it. The way to beat Lamar is not to, to have the game close. You have to take away the run from them. So they're playing against you and the clock. If you can take that away from Lamar and make him into a drop back passing quarterback without the threat of play action and without really the threat of taking off with his legs, you have a very good chance to beat him. The, 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 we, we showed them that last year in Baltimore and, and the Kansas city Chiefs showed them that last year in the playoffs. So it is, it, it, there's a formula. It's just not easy to do it because they're so darn effective with their, with their three plays that they have. On, they have, they have three plays on offense. It's, <laughs> It's it's run up it's run up the middle, it's fake the run up the middle and and then have Lamar Jackson follow. It's then fake the run up the middle and Lamar Jackson drops back to pass. Three plays, right? And they just do them so damn well because he's so dangerous, right? Uh-huh. Now I've, yeah, I I right. I I think he's a gimmicky quarterback. I think um, I don't I don't compare him to Michael Vick. I think I went to I went to college with Michael Vick. I saw a lot of Michael Vick games. Michael Vick had a much better arm than Lamar Jackson does, but uh, he's f- effective, and I will give him that. Gimmicky or not, he's effective, and we have we're going to have to face him for a very long time in in the AFC North. Oh, so hold on. Well, let's, let's also not forget you're going to have Joe Burrow coming back next year from that. You know. Knee destruction. Yeah, possibly. And if he doesn't Maybe. miss an entire season. Yeah. 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 We'll see. But yeah, he. I mean, he's going to come back at some point. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, yeah, and he's a completely different type of quarterback. So you got to be ready to face, you know, I mean, I shouldn't say completely. I mean, he, assuming he comes back healthy at some point, I mean, he's a guy who can run some too. But I mean, he's more of a, you know, he's more of a guy who's going to kill you with his arm, obviously. Yeah, and they're definitely not going to want him to run very much anymore. I would, I would hope not. I would hope not. So, let's get into uh, the actual playoff game. And the Browns have a, a slew of guys out, starting with Kevin Stefanski. Um, do uh. uh Mike, do you have do you have the name of the two coaches who are out too? I don't. I, I don't know. I, I tried to find who it was and I couldn't even find it. They just saying two coaches. 
um, you know, two assistant coaches. So, so I don't even know who the other assistant coaches are. So, so, uh, so Prefer is going to be the acting head coach, and Alex Van Pelt's going to be going to be calling the plays. Um, you know, I mean, I uh, what, what can you say? I mean, I think Prefer and Van Pelt are you know they're experienced guys and stuff. So it's not like you're it's not like you're uh, giving the clipboard to some guy off the street. But um, mm-hmm. it's not you know it's not what you would wish to happen in a playoff game for sure. Uh, but then, of course, uh, Betonio we mentioned, Ronnie Harrison, um, uh, Jeff Sundejo's back for this game. Yay! So that's good. Um, yeah. And then uh, I guess uh, Kaderil Hodge, it sounds like he's out. Um, and then I think the Browns are hoping I, – I really don't know where the rest of these guys on the COVID list stand. I don't know how soon we're going to know about – Ward and Johnson and Malcolm Smith, Harrison Bryant. I don't know if those guys are playing or not, and I don't know if the Browns know yet. I think Harrison Bryant's going to be active. I think Denzel Ward is going to be. Uh, I think it's going to be like a game day decision, and 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 like late in the day as well. But even it, it you know, I was talking to my dad about this, and just because Denzel can come back to play, I mean, look what it did to Miles. You know, and mile, and that it's it, yeah. it. It doesn't mean. I mean, I've had. I'm. I've had. I. I've never had COVID. I haven't had that. But I've had the flu really bad several times in my life, and it takes a long time. Now, again, I'm not a professional athlete. I don't have access to 24/7 best medical, you know, care known to man, and you know, probably constant IVs pumping in everything that you need to be pumped into you, mm-hmm. but. I can tell you that that the 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 virus does, I mean it it impacts you. It impacts the lungs. It impacts your your energy level, and it's even if Denzel can come back, is he going to be a hundred percent? Probably not, right? So, who who well, knows? I don't know if we know anything about how it hit any of these guys. You know, these guys may have tested. Some of them may have tested positive and been asymptomatic. Some of them, you know, and, and just you know, and, and had the virus and some of them may have been really knocked out like miles apparently was. So, so I don't think we know, but yeah, I was thinking the same thing. How do we know which of these guys are really going to be ready to play or really going to be at a hundred percent or even close to it to where they can really help? Um, and and yeah, it, it makes it tough. The good, the good news is this is, this isn't like, we haven't dealt with anything all season. You know, it's not like it's not like we're built on with like one player or like it's collapse, right? I mean, we had several yeah. games this year without without Nick Chubb, without Miles Garrett, without Denzel Ward, without yeah. Odell Beckham, right? The guys, these are these are, you know, household names if you happen to be fans of the NFL, right? Yeah. And yet we've still consistently won. Okay. So and you know, it does it hurt having having Betonio out? Absolutely. He's a Pro Bowl caliber, Pro Bowl, you know, offensive lineman, very experienced, one of the best offensive linemen in the league. And and so so what are we gonna have to do? We're gonna have to run. If we're gonna run, I would say run to the right side. You got Conklin, you got Wyatt <laughs> Teller, you got JC Treader, run to the right, yeah. you know? And yeah. and and just hopefully and, and it's an interior lineman. Right. So it shouldn't impact like TJ is is a disruptor. Right. And 
that's the thing I think with that we have to be worried about on the outside. But you've got Wills and you have Conklin both playing. So yeah. Rostano was mentioning on my show yesterday that he was like, you know, you can it's it, you can be a little bit more forgiving when you have weaker interior line than than exterior line, right? Yeah. So my point is, we've been through this all season, guys. We we I don't know other than maybe the first game of the season where we got you know Shellac. trounced, yeah. right? <laughs> if we've had a, a team, no, I would say I guess I guess the Bengals game, the second game of the season, we were a hundred percent, we were healthy, right? You know, it wasn't until the Dallas game where they started dropping, but. But we've done. Yeah. We've been through it, so we we know what it. We know what you know. Um, we know what it's like to have more difficult time than 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 other teams. Is it ideal? No, but at least we've kind of had those trials and tribulations throughout the entire season. So it's not going to catch us off guard, and we're like, well, we're just going to give up. It doesn't sound like anybody wants to give up on the Browns. You know, from no, from and, the and guys are used to stepping up at this point. Guys know. Guys expect it. You know, I mean, guys. Who are you get, guys aren't sitting on the bench expecting not to play now. Guys are expecting to say, "Hey, it's your turn. Go into the game." Then you know, I think guys are ready. Guys are expecting it, so uh, so it shouldn't be catching anybody off guard. You know, and well, that's I, I kind looked of the, at the nature of the NFL, right? The nature it of is, the NFL but is, I mean, it's just a lot worse guys. this season. It's just a lot. You know, I mean, uh, I think uh, you know, I think the Maybe the injury, you know, the injuries, uh, I think, well, there have been a ton of injuries this year, too. Let's say maybe the injuries were worse last season, but uh, um, no, I think that was, I, I think the injuries and everything, it, you know, it's just been pretty rampant all over the league this year. So, yeah, I think you're right. But um, yeah, it's, it's a survival league, you know, I mean, you, you have to have depth. You have to have guys that can step in for, for guys that are going to be down. Um, I just want to add real quick uh, that the two coaches that are out are the two offensive line coaches, Bill Callahan and Scott Peters. Um, I think by this point in the season, everybody should know what their role is. Everybody should know what their job is. Um, I don't think you're doing a tremendous amount of, you know, in-game coaching at this point. Not on the offensive line. No, No, I don't think, I don't think, I don't think they're telling the, the, the linemen what to do in the game. Right. So, no, I don't think so. <laughs> you know, I, I started to look at the Steelers list of guys out, and they got a bunch of guys not practicing, but can't really worry about that. Um, you know, we'll, we'll see. I think most of their guys are in pretty decent shape. They'll miss a few guys, and they'll probably whine about that. But mm-hmm. um, <laughs> that's what they, they do. Yeah, yeah, that's what they'll do. They'll use that as an excuse, probably. But <laughs> so. <laughs> so this brings me to a question you know, people have been talking about wanting to you know to move this game and postpone this game and, and you know and all this because of because of all the players the browns you know don't have uh, you know that aren't gonna be able to play and uh, the league's not gonna have any part of this uh no. so the question is what's fair in this case and does fair even matter in the nfl and does this make a difference, you know, com- considering who is involved? In other words, if somebody else was involved in this, if the, if if Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes had COVID, would 
would their game get postponed versus versus uh, you know a Browns game? What do you guys think? I think I think they'd still play. Um, and, and the reason for that is money. I think that people are still going to watch the game. Doesn't matter to them. I think that the the really the hard deadline is the Super Bowl because there I know there's a little bit of buffer there, but not much. And they want to have their they want to get their prime time ratings numbers on television, and they want to and they they can't really move the Super Bowl because there's just too much there's too much preparation and setup that goes into booking, you know, travel and booking all of the things that go into putting on that show um, uh-huh. down here in Tampa. So they can't move the Super Bowl, and so they just have to. They have to play on, and and it's just it's hilarious to me how the Ravens, you know, the Ravens can have players that are out, and they scramble to do anything possible to 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 make them cushy, yeah. you know, and just make it easy yeah. for the Ravens. But any other team, you know, look what they did to the Broncos, you know, right. and, and I guess the, the what they right. say the Broncos they broke. They broke COVID protocol by having all their quarterbacks in the same room and blah, blah, blah. But, you know, it's 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 not an easy situation for anybody. It's not. I don't think anybody's, well, is, you know. Yeah. Go ahead, Jeff. This, this is great for us, I, I think, because, you know, we love to feel like um, we've been screwed um, our fan base, you know, we, we I don't know to, if I we love to, it, but <laughs> we love to bitch and moan about officiating and, and, you know, nobody gets screwed like the Browns do and everything. So it puts this giant chip on our shoulder and, and, you know, we just feel like, Hey, you know, we got to beat, we got to beat the officials and the, the other team and, you know, Roger Goodell and, you know, and, 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 you know what? Every team has their challenges. Like you said, the, the Broncos had to play a game without a quarterback. Um, I, I don't think anybody is consciously trying to make one team have an advantage over another team. I think yeah. the, 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 the Ravens had a unique situation and the league was, was able to accommodate them. But, it, man, it really screwed the Steelers. If you think about it, the Steelers played, what did they play, three games in 13 days or something? Um, oh, and they so, played how many weeks without a day, without a you know and, a week right. off or whatever. Well, but that that was built into the schedule, I think. But um, well, because yeah, they no you, because they had a game rescheduled when they had their bye week, I think. Well, it took their bye week away, yeah. yeah. So, but yeah, I mean, look, it's just how the NFL works. Mm-hmm. Um, the the calls even out over time. These these kinds of things, and so, like I said, it goes back to paying your dues. You know, if you're if you're a winning franchise and you're consistently competitive and you prove you can play games without committing a penalty on every other drive or every other down, um, you tend to get a little bit more respect from the officials and your, your penalty calls drop. I mean, look at what's happened this year. I mean, the last game against the Steelers, there were a total of six penalties. We had four and they had two, you know, I think it comes, it's just like in any other sport with a a little bit of respect um, comes from being a successful franchise. So, you know, we've gotten what we've earned over the last 20 years. You know, now that we've flipped that script, I think we can look forward to, 
more of a level playing field going forward. But I love it when we feel like we're the, we're the underdog. And, and I think our quarterback loves it too. So, you know, bring it on. Yeah, Mike, I want to get your perspective on this because I've been one of the I've been one of those people complaining about the officiating for years. Okay, Um, you know, and not every game. I know that the Browns over the years have have played, you know, pretty some pretty poor games and been guilty of a lot of penalties. But like Jeff said, I, I feel like going back a few years, the Browns got a lot of penalties called on them because they were a bad team. And, you know, bad reputation and and you get more flags thrown on you. I feel like it's a little bit like the like the strike zone in Major League Baseball. When you're when you're a good hitter, you get the calls. Okay, so the penalties drop this season. How much of that is is coaching? How much of it's winning? And, you know, um, what what's your thought on that? Um, Man, I wish I wish I I wish I actually knew the answer. Because I'm I'm right with you. Uh, I complain about the about the the officiating cons- very consistently uh, on Twitter. If you follow me there, you'll see that I talk about the officiating, and it it just it boggles my mind some some sometimes like how bad these calls are, and and so so I actually my my day job I work for a, a, a social media platform company. Um, so basically if my company that I work for is called sprinkler, if you happen to, you know, talk to any major corporation out there in social media, there's a really good chance that they're responding to you through the software that we, that we make. And so I was, uh, I was, are they sponsoring tonight's show? They're definitely not. Not Uh, (laughs) (laughs) No, they're not. They, uh, but I, the, 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 the point of that was I was tooling around with it and I went into to, to do a couple queries, listening queries to figure out, you know, which fan bases complain the most about the NFL officiating. And it was overwhelming how many that, that what the Browns fans were saying about the officiating compared to the, everybody else. It was like 30 percent of of the the complaints on Twitter were from Browns fans, and the next closest one was like seventeen percent. <laughs> and then yeah, everybody, well, how much everybody of that is because like, we've been lousy for so long? You know, I mean, it, the fans have to feel like, God, if we could just get a break on a call here or there, I mean, we could win a game, right? It's it's probably just contagious. Yeah, but we can go back and name games that we lost on bad calls too. Yep, hundred I mean, percent. It, it's been it's been horrible. Yeah, the, I mean, you could argue the Jets game. That Sam Darnold, uh, you know, when they blew, when they blew the whistle dead, when when Miles Garrett hit Sam Darnold's arm, they whistled it dead, and and called it an incomplete pass. Where we scooped it up and we we would have went into score. Yeah, same, thing yeah. same thing happened. Same thing happened. Might have been two years ago against the Ravens. Same thing happened against the you know uh, the sort of Raiders. Raiders game a couple of years ago that. Yep. Uh, a year or two ago that the Browns lost on a bad call too. I you know I don't remember this. It's going to happen. Yeah. It's going to happen. Yeah. I, I could go back into those games also and, and point out plays where we got a beneficial call. And, and um, we're not the I, only I just think that happens to. I mean, look at the Saints right. and everybody else. I think that, but, that stuff happens out. Now, what I will say about officiating is since instant replay has become the thing, um, officiating has gotten gotten significantly worse because 
officials, I believe, are afraid to make the wrong call and and look bad on the replay. And, and they've had to learn how to make calls like the one you just illustrated, Mike, that, you know, you, you got to let that play out, you know, let it play out so that uh, you don't blow the whistle and, and blow the play dead mm-hmm. uh, and then go back and review it. Well, what were we saying a couple weeks ago, three weeks ago, right, about how a game was played in like three hours and you know, it was the first time in, in our memory that a game actually finished in a little over three hours versus these four-hour, yeah. you know, m- well, instant re- replay review marathons that we deal with every right. stinking week. You know, so, yeah, I think some of it is officials um, reacting to that, and I think it's affected their ability to make calls and, and their accuracy. Um but, you know, overall, in any sport, you can't take the official and, and that unknown out of the game. I think that that piece of competition will always be there. Like you, you mentioned in baseball. Okay, yeah, the hitter gets the, the benefit of the strike zone, but so does the pitcher sometimes. You know, I mean, Greg True. Maddox had a strike zone that was four feet wide. You know, so It wasn't as big it, as Glavin's, but yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, it, it, it balances out, okay? When he was on the Braves, point. when he was on the Mets, I didn't see that. Oh, you're right. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, I mean, that, that World Series against the Indians, those guys just, they would just keep throwing that ball six inches off the plate until the umpire called a strike. And eventually he's like, okay, I'll give you a strike. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it's, you can't hit that ball because it's not a strike. <laughs> right. But you know what? They won them a World Series anyway, so. Right. Right. And I don't know. It, it just I think it evens out over time. Well, that's I think that's the customary um, school of thought that everybody like it, it will equal out. I think the, the, the thing about it, though, is is when, when we've been boned by officiating for so many years, going all the way back to Bottlegate, that it just seems we're, we're, maybe we have a heightened sensitivity for it. But then you look at last game, you know, you look at this last game against the Steelers and, you know, I have Steelers fans that were, that were, you know, texting me during the game about how they weren't calling pass interference calls on our, our defensive backs that were all over uh, their receivers where, whereas in the past, I think we get flags thrown on us. Right. So uh-huh. yeah. maybe, maybe it's been, uh-huh. the, maybe the league has said, Hey, go easy on the Browns. Maybe the, uh, maybe they're just in general saying, Hey, let these guys play. And if it's, unless it's blatant, don't throw it. I think it. they were letting them play Sunday. I think they were, you know, I think in general, I think they let, I think they let a lot of stuff go. So I think you didn't see that against the Browns receivers because we had our practice squad receivers out there. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I think it would have been the same thing the other way if the Browns had, you know, better receivers out there. But, uh, you know, I'm sure that the Steelers were holding our, you know, defensive linemen like, you know, like always happens and stuff like that, too. Uh, So uh, I I figure those kind of things usually even out. I thought the penalties probably evened out in that Steelers game. Yeah, it it was it was fairly even, I think, from a penalty perspective in the in the Steelers game. I didn't have a whole lot of complaints in that one, you know, so but I I, I really think that we, we do enough to beat ourselves typically. 
Now, between <laughs> yeah. between uh, you know just poor performance in general, like mm-hmm. not tackling, not being in the right position, not ex- you know, a ball hit our defender in the in the face, and he can't catch it for an interception on the you know on the fifteen on their fifteen yard line, and then and then it's just dumb things like you know missing consistently missing extra points after after we fight and claw our way back into a game to tie it up and then they miss the extra point it's like it's we do enough to beat ourselves to then not have the the refs be hyper focused on 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 looking to make calls and that's what i thought it was for a long time i'm like they're they're actively looking to penalize us as opposed to yeah. sitting there and absorbing the game and when they see it actually calling it you know so yeah. But yeah, I would say this year has been a little bit different. I don't think we got boned by a lot of calls. You can't win eleven games, and and be completely boned by calls all season. No, right? not at all. <laughs> you know, so we, but we, and uh, some of those games we just put ourselves in a position where we were just fighting the clock, like you know Dallas and Tennessee. I mean, we just were up so big, we're like, hey, you know, it's, it's not the, it's not penalties are going to lose this. It's just the clock. Just run it out, guys. So, so yeah, that's kind of how I, my thoughts are on it. You know what, though? The interesting thing, and, and I, my takeaway from this season is we've been able to weather so many of those this year that in the past would have spelled doom. Yeah, that's that's one of the main differences with this team. This team, you know, picks itself up. This team is is never mentally defeated in a game and you know i don't know if it's if it's i mean all, all you can say it, it's got to be it's got to be the coaching and and the way the players have bought in and the way the players are playing for the coach and for each other because this stuff would not have happened under any of the prior regimes i mean it's, I, it's a culture it's a different well, yeah, culture yeah, right. than what we've had in the past you're right yeah and you know, and I was I was just kind of talking, you know, we're talking about the, you know, kicking and the kickers. And I just I think back to when NFL teams had had a kicker and, you know, I'm going back to, you know, going back a ways. But teams had a kicker and I know the game's changed and the, ex, you know, and, and kickers are more accurate now and, and uh, the extra points further back and everything. But man, teams had kickers and a kicker would be on a team for. 10, 15 years or whatever till they retired. Now it's like, man, guys miss kicks and get canned and change teams. And things have changed a lot with the kicking game. And I don't know what's up with Cody Parkey. Is is he the guy who, uh, or was it one of the other Browns kickers who practiced by kicking at a pole and hitting the pole? <laughs> or was that one of the other guys that the Browns had? Because he hits the dang thing at so much. You know what, Rod? I heard it, an interview today with Tim Allen um, on one of the shows. Uh, the wife had it on. And he was talking about his days um, when, when he was uh, driving race cars. And, he, you know, he's learning how to drive a race car sort of on the weekend as a part-time job. And he was trying to learn from more experienced drivers. And, and they, they told him, you know, it's not really a technique thing with you. It's a focus thing. If you go around the track focusing on the walls, you're going to hit the wall. 
Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. when when your kicker starts focusing on the uprights, he's going to hit the uprights. And <laughs> right. I, I think with Parkey, I, I think it's just a confidence thing or a lack of confidence. You know, he goes through these crises of confidence where, um, you know, he just he looks like, he, you know, his, his head's just hanging down after every kick. Um, but then he'll get hot all of a sudden, and and he'll be money for he, a stretch. He, and he kicked like a pro bowler the first what? I mean, yeah. You know, when he started missing, you know, the first 11, 12 weeks, he looked like a pro bowler out there. I don't think that's all that uncommon with NFL kickers. I mean, it's it's almost as hard to find a consistent NFL kicker as it is to find a franchise quarterback. You know, you, you just you hope that they don't cost you the game. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah on a particular yeah, week and, and, and they're going to have a job, you know, because there just aren't that many of them out there. You yeah. Know? You know, here, here, I, here's one of the things that I, uh, I think, and, and it's, I it'd call me old fashioned, right. But I, I always like it when you score a touchdown and you get seven points. You know, I think, <laughs> I think, I think the, the job of the kicker has gotten exponentially harder now that they moved the kicks back, we had a forty, oh, yeah. we had a forty-eight yard extra point attempt this season, guys, that we right. missed. That's okay? not on the kicker. Yeah, no, that's like, not his fault. That's ridiculous. Yeah, that, but that's that. It's just because that we had what well, was like a personal foul or something stupid on the on on the the kick that they were like, no, we're not gonna, we're not, we're gonna enforce it on the redo of the kick, and then the kid had to make it. A forty-eight yard field goal or a forty-eight yard extra point—that's ridiculous. That and, was on Jarvis, by the way. That was yeah. Jarvis taunting. Yeah, and you you look at it, and you know, that, and that's a whole nother conversation. Jar, Jarvis is every time Jarvis catches the ball at this point, I hold my breath to see what uh-huh. is is he going to spike it? I agree. Is he going to taunt? Is he going to get in somebody's face? Is he going to yell at him? Can he can can Jarvis please just catch the ball? Flip it to a, a a a ref and just go line up again, go or go back to the huddle. We, right. it, I don't. It's like you know, guys. I don't. The attitude is. Mm. I don't want to be negative about OBJ, but I don't think Jarvis did this stuff as much before OBJ was with the Browns, did he? I mean, I OB, so. <laughs> OBJ did. I mean, I, I don't want to. I don't want to kick a guy when he's down, but OBJ, you know, is, does does some unnecessary things like that too. You know, and he would, I mean, he didn't do a lot of it this season before the injury, but you know, the, you know, last season he would, you know, just some little things like that. And man, just, just play football. That's all we want. Just play football. Do your other stuff, you know, after the game. How many times have I said it? When you get to the end zone, act like you've been there before. Well, yeah. Yeah. That's what they should be doing. Absolutely. So professionals. um, Yeah, that's right. That's right. So one more thing, and then we're going to do some score predictions. So Brown's playing the Steelers. The whole issue of Baker and how he performs under pressure. How concerned are you with with uh, how he's going to play? You know, this week. I mean, you know, he played pretty darn good last week. Um, you know, who, I, I mean. I, I guess. I mean, how, how do you really measure it with with his wide receivers all out? But um, you know, I thought he he looked okay. <laughs> but he's going to face some pressure this week. So, is that your main concern in this game? 
Um, I'll just I'll leave it at that. I I don't think so. I think I think the pass protection's been fine. It it's uh, where I have more of a problem with with us with the lack of the lack of of misdirection moving people around and play action than I have with anything else. I mean, if you're a if you're a defensive lineman or 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 a blitzing linebacker and and it's third down, it's a passing situation and and you know that your job is just to get to the quarterback as quickly as possible without play action, without misdirection, there is it's just like great you give me a free shot now if you notice if you notice that in this last game that 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 call that they played there that the play they called where where baker ran for the first down to 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 really seal the game there was misdirection on that it doesn't always have to be play action but just having misdirection make it freeze anybody's played football if you're if you played linebacker you played any you you see stuff going on behind the line you have to freeze for a second they those defensive players don't have the same view and perspective of what's going on behind the line of scrimmage as we do as fans from that top down view. So they don't know is as Baker handed it off. That's how that we got the Jarvis touchdown, you know, where, where he handed it off to Jarvis when he went into motion. Right. So if right. we have if we have motion and misdirection and play action and screen passes and do all those things to keep them honest and our running game is going well. Baker's going to be just fine. If we if we get down points and Baker has to be in the shotgun and they run that freaking no backfield, you know, was just Baker Baker and and five offensive linemen against the world. I understand they they it it works, but it scares me to death yeah. because if that pocket if his first one or two reads are not there and the pocket collapses, he just he's just he just There's gets absorbed. Just not enough time. Against against a good pass rush, there's not enough time. And he's not that elusive, right? He's not he's not not within the and, pocket. I mean, yeah, yeah. A, well, he's not Lamar Jackson, you know. He's wow. he's not Russell Wilson. He's not a guy who can move all that well. He can move a little bit, but I mean, he's not he's not Bernie. But I mean, he's not the, the most athletic dude in the world, right? So right. somewhere it, it in really, between. Yeah. Somewhere, somewhere in between, right? But I, I think that's where I, I get nervous when I see that empty backfield, and and Baker has to make a quick, a quick call based off of what he's reading on the defense. If they mask that well, or or do something different, and that pocket collapses, it's forget it. It's going to be, uh, you know, the next down and long, right? So yeah. I, I hope I hope we 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 do that. And I'm, I'm, I seriously hope that we didn't, that we did this last game. We didn't put all of our cards on the table. Like we're like I mentioned earlier in the show. <laughs> yeah. Right. If we, if we were like, Hey, we got to hold a couple things back. The only problem with this is guys, we're not practicing. We are know, not Browns practicing. Haven't practiced. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to mention that Browns haven't practiced all week and they practice yes. what once in three weeks or something like that. I mean, it's, it's ridiculous. If they if the NFL was really fair, they should say, okay, the Steelers, you can't practice then. You know, we're in the playoffs now. It's not like it's not like it's 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 week twelve where you're like, ah, eh, I can't really do anything. It, there's only a finite amount of teams left, and if one team is is devastated by something that they have no virtually no control over, okay, 
virtually no control over what where this virus picks and chooses who's going to infect at any given time. Yeah. And we have we're sitting there and and we have to play and and prepare with one arm tied behind our back. Why can they? Yeah. You know, yeah. it's just one of those things that it's just something that they could have done to try to to try to even things up. But, you know, they should say, hey, if the Browns practice, you're allowed to practice. Browns don't practice, you're not allowed to practice. And, and do something fair. like that. I, I, but that's the thing. Life isn't fair, and the NFL sure as hell isn't fair. And we're just going to have to deal with it. And luckily, we've been dealing with it all season. So hopefully, you know, it puts us in a position of somewhat of an advantage when these things happen. Yeah, so Jeff, I've got a different final question for you. because Mike mentioned, you know, not showing all of our cards. And something I wanted to touch on is uh, Nick Nick Chubb. Nick Chubb only had 14 carries last week. <laughs> Rushed for 108 yards. 108 yards. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, obviously, we, we've got uh, Alex Van Pelt calling the plays. We, we don't know what he's what he's thinking, what he's going to do. I mean, I would think he would be following Stefanski's game plan pretty much. You know, he doesn't want to get. You know, um, he doesn't want to just kind of take this game over and just do what he wants and experiment and everything. You know, I think he's going to kind of stick with it. But do you think do you think things could be different this week? Do you think we could see a different mix of Chubb and, and Hunt? Um, you think we might see them both on the field together? Do you think we could see Chubb getting 25 carries if he's going good and we can put this game away? Well, I hope so. Um, I, I think. The playbook this week has to be wide open. I think the the you know, keeping your cards close to the vest last week made some sense. Um, this will be the third time that this coaching staff has seen the Steelers now. Um, we know what we're going to get. There's reason they call him Blitzberg. Um, Baker's going to be under pressure. They better figure out how to make the offense move with some pace. Um, the trick plays that take a while to evolve, um, the deep drops, the, the three and four wide receiver sets, to Mike's point, um, I don't think that's getting it done in a playoff game. Um, so, yeah, I, I hope that we see some quick-hitting stuff that softens them up a little bit and having almost our full complement on the offensive line um, that we can open some of those holes and and get Chubb going early. Um, that gives us the best chance of, of controlling the pace of the game. Um, but I really don't think that's what's going to determine the outcome of the game. Um, I, I think, and I'll just lead into my prediction with that, but um, I think that, that what's going to determine the outcome of this game is how much pressure we can put on Ben. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense too. That makes sense. So, you're right. You're on the uh, on the board here. Let's uh, let's just let you go ahead with your prediction, Jeff. Okay. Well, I think Ben is going to come into this game rusty. I agree with m what Mike said earlier that um, he's uh, he's a, a, a shadow of his normal self at this point. He can't throw the ball deep. Um. His confidence is, is low. 
I believe Ben's going to throw two interceptions this week, and we're going to capitalize on him. Um, I, I, I hope we can get a lot of pressure on him and enforcing those turnovers, but we may not need to. Um, and those, those are going to turn into two Nick Chubb touchdowns. Um, Baker's going to throw a couple of touchdowns, and the Browns are going to win 28 to 27. Okay. All right. Nice. 28-27, another very close game. So yep, Mike, but also, also an over, Jeremy. Yeah, oh, yeah, I was going to mention the line. Yeah, the line, the Browns uh, Browns are six-point underdogs. Uh, Over-unders, 46-and-a-half 40, is what I saw. Hmm. Right. So, Mike, are you sticking with the 24-22? I'm riding with that score. All right, that that officially puts you with the under, just barely. <laughs> I'm going on, guys. Don't ever bet with me. Don't ever take my <laughs> advice on this. Bet the opposite. I don't of think what I anybody. Talk. I don't think anybody takes our advice. Not, not, we nah. just these are predictions. They are not betting advice. Let's right. put that. Let's get. Let's definitely put that out there. Uh, Jeff, I had this score written down before you gave your score. I had the Browns winning 28 to 23. So I too think it's, I think the Browns will, I I think the Browns will put up four touchdowns and I think the Steelers will, I I think they'll keep it close, but I think uh, I kind of see it playing out kind of like the way you're saying. I, I, you know, I think uh, the Browns defense will do enough to slow them down and get some stops and, and, uh, I think we could be looking at a playoff win. So we're going to close shop here. Mike, do you have any parting words? You know, I'm looking, I've been looking forward to this, this game on Sunday for a very, very long time. I was 22 years old last time. The last time the Browns made the playoffs, I was just finishing up college and you know, I had my whole uh, adult life ahead of me thinking that, hey, we just got back into the league. You know, things are going to be OK for a while now. We, we, you know, we got back into the playoffs and, yeah. you know, it took a very, very long time, many, many years of coaches and quarterbacks and players and drafts. And and finally, we have now gotten to a place where we're going to be watching the Browns not only playing relevant, we, we watch them play relevant football in December. We are watching them play hyper relevant football in January. And I almost, I consider that last game, that last game at home against Pittsburgh last week as essentially a playoff game because without it, we don't make the playoffs. So our season's over if we lose. So it, it, it had the same effect as a playoff game without it physically being called one. Right. So we, I think we yeah. won our first our first playoff game last week. And now we have to beat that same team two weeks in a row. I think we can do it. Uh, you know, I think that, yeah. I think that Mike Prefer, his, his role on this, on the, on the sidelines is going to be clock management and just keeping the, keeping the team in check. He's been a coach for, for basically his entire life. So he, he obviously knows the game of football. He's not like, this is going to be a task that is too tall for him, yeah. you know? And then you got Alex Van Pelt, who's who's not only been a quarterback in the NFL for many years and a quarterback coach, 
but he's been an offensive coordinator for for you know in the past where he's where he's called places. This isn't like his first rodeo either, uh-huh. you know. And yeah, we we're missing a couple of players. So what? It is what it is, guys. And I'm looking forward to this game. My dad will be here in in Orlando. We're going to be watching the game together, which is going to be a you know just a really special thing for me. Excellent. And no matter what happens in this game. I, I will look back at this year as being a very, very, if not the most entertaining season I have ever watched, um, or at least easily since they've been back in, in, in 99. And, and I, I want to thank everybody um, at the Browns organization, the players, the coaches. Um, they made the right choice with Stefanski. They made the right choice in the last couple drafts, getting those really core players in. And everybody out there on, on Brown's Twitter and shows, you know, Rod and Jeff, thank you guys very much for having me come on my show, uh, on your show. And I, I'd like to have you guys, I, I'd like to open an invitation to have you guys come on the Brownie Post Game Show as well um, in the future. And and we'll do that. I think after, and we only got one game left. So, but I, I am going to have some content for the, for the, the the off season type content coming up here, so um, I'd love to have you guys on if you've got webcams and let's, let's make it happen and you know go Browns. That'd be that'd be cool if we can figure that out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So Jeff, any any parting words of wisdom? Well, as you know, Rod, I'm a big Clint Eastwood fan, and I, I've seen all his movies you know, dozens of times Um, in the last fight scene um, in every which way, but loose Clint Eastwood gets his arm broken guy kicks his arm when he's trying to get up and snaps his arm and guy looks at him and he goes, the guy he's fighting looks, I don't remember the character's name, looks at him. He goes, your arm's broke. Fight's over. Fight's over. Clint Eastwood gets mad. And he says, it ain't over. And he gets up and with one arm wins the fight. Yeah. That's what the Browns need to do on Sunday. They need to get mad. They need to dig down deep. They need to overcome that broken arm. And they need to win the fight. And I think they'll do it. Love it. Yeah. Yeah, I'm ready to go out and play. I've never played. So <laughs> I'm ready to run through a wall or something. Yeah. Let's do it. Excellent. <clears throat> it's been a lot of fun, guys. Uh, I'm so excited for this game. Uh, so excited about this team. Uh, season's been just incredible, and I believe in this team. I, you know, I, I'm just, I'm ready for, I'm ready for Sunday night. So thanks so much, guys. It's been great talking to you. This has been the Browns Blitz, and we will catch you next time.